Welcome to this second week nine edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, broadcasting from my studio in the heart of Minster, Ohio. Once again, home of those six and three Minster Wildcats. Also, we have from the greater Cincinnati area, home of today's very special guest, by the way, we have our co-host, executive producer and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. It's always nice to be here twice in a week. Talk to you more this week than I have most other weeks since I've left the house. We won't tell anyone whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) I'm still making up my mind. By the way, she's down there in Cincinnati. Our Cincinnati Bearcats, of course, play at noon this week. That's 11 a.m. local time in Dallas, Texas. Mm. No college football game should start at 11 a.m. local time, by the way. Poor band members. They probably have to be up and at the band room at like 7. Ugh. Well, just think of those poor Cincinnati band members in the future. I've been watching games in, at least in the SEC, I think the Big 12 too, in the SEC, the visitors band is at the games. So think if you had to travel and then start a game at 11 a.m. local time. You'd have to skip classes and I bet they wouldn't really be accommodating because you're engineers. You should have better time management skills. (laughs) (sighs) And then you have to retake a calculus exam at eight in the morning because you were at a parade in Centerville, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Not that you have any bitter (laughs) memories. You don't need the full band for a pumpkin parade. No one's going to notice if a couple of the first years go and take their Calc 1 exam. By the way, in a rare move here, I get a correct Rebecca. That would be Circleville, Ohio, not Centerville. (sighs) I'm so sorry to the citizens of Ohio, but Centerville, Centerburg, and Circleville all exist in the same space in my brain, and it takes a considerable amount of effort to separate them. And now I'm doubting myself. I remember the Bradford Pumpkin Festival, but I'm sure you weren't there. I I couldn't (laughs) tell you. The parade was definitely in a sea town. As I was watching the Versailles game last week against Coldwater, they kept cutting out to highlights they had filmed earlier from the Bradford Pumpkin Festival. It was kind of like a college football game where they kept doing that. So, hmm. And then I remembered about how they sell millions of tons of confetti at that thing. And all the band members that would go would come back home with their clothing filled with confetti. Oh, goodness. Didn't have that at Circleville, huh? No, but we did get a, a fun branded bag and keychain from the pumpkin festival oh swag what a deal yeah it was pretty nice almost worth the bad grade i got on that calc exam (laughs) shifting topics here i think we're going to bring in our special guest right now i do have to ask if you got consent from our guest's parents for him to be present on the social medias at this young age of two years old two days old Well, you just gave it away. But yes, I informed them of this. I didn't ask permission. I just informed them. of what. So our guest is a Mr. Jack Trumbull. How are you feeling today, Jack? So Jack, what are your thoughts on this SMU team Cincinnati's playing? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You're using your single grandchild of two days as a gimmick on a podcast. Absolutely. He's so cute, though. This, oh, uh, I haven't even met the kid yet, but those little happy giggles made me, they made me cry. <laughs> it's so darn cute. And he's so intelligent. I mean, he, 
at only one to two days old, he already knows everything he needs to know about SMU. You can't, <laughs> you can't ascribe him to that. My grandson, according to Rebecca, cute as a button, and according to me, sharp as a tack. Hopefully, you all listened in earlier this week as we covered Divisions 2 through 5. This podcast, we're going to jump straight into Division 6. It's the small school podcast this week. Let's go. We are starting with Division 6, Region 22. We'll work our way from top to bottom. Five teams are actually already out of contention, so we only have to deal with the four who are still alive for the playoffs. Starting with number five, Columbus Grove. They have newly secured home field advantage for their first playoff game. They are projected to finish in sixth place, whether they win or lose this week as a 24-point favorite against 5-4 and four Bluffton. Considering that's a 5-4 and four team, that means they have a nice gap around them in the computer points. Say so, yeah. At number 13, Patrick Henry. They have locked up a playoff spot. It's almost a little unusual for someone ranked way down at number 13. Mm-hmm. But they are in the playoffs. The Patriots are also 19-point underdogs against 8-1 and Archbold this week. If they can pull off that upset win, that should move Patrick Henry up to about 10th place. And a loss should have them stay at about 13th. Now our two teams currently residing just above the bubble, we have number 15, Wayne Trace, guaranteed to make the playoffs if they win this week. And they are a 28-point favorite against 1-8 and Paulding. Considering they're not gaining many points from that win, they are also likely to just sneak in at number 16 with a final loss in that game. Okay. And if they lose, they'll probably be passed by number 16, Mount Blanchard Riverdale. They're projected to remain in 16th place whether they win or lose against 3-6 and six Arcadia. Not guaranteed, but probable. And as we mentioned, they could move up to 15 if Wayne Trace loses against Paulding. Not likely, but you never know. Oh, but, and back to Riverdale, they are a 22-point favorite. If they win, they are guaranteed to at least finish 16th. It's only if they lose where they are probable. Okay. Moving down to Region 23. We're giving Rebecca this week off from reading duties, I believe. <laughs> oh, or at boy. least this podcast, if not the whole week. <laughs> Our number 13-ranked team, West Jefferson, is likely to finish in eighth place. If they can obtain a 14-point upset over 7-2 and two Mechanicsburg this week. Actually, the teams are close enough they could finish as high as 5th or as low as 11th with that win. If they lose, they're probably going to stay 13th. Yeah, that's a pretty close point spread. A lot more drama if they win than if they lose. Sure. And we love the drama, so we love go West Jeff. And our final region in Division 6, Region 24. Many more teams in this region. We'll start with Marion Local, who's number one. And as we've been saying for weeks now, they are going to end the regular season number one. They will likely play the winner of the game between three and six Anna and two and seven Parkway for their first playoff game. At number two, we have Allen East. They should keep the number two seed if they win as a 33-point favorite over three and six Ada. Although watch out for Ada. They've pulled off upsets in two of their last three games. A loss by Allen East will drop them one spot down to number three in the standings. Currently in number three, we have Tri-Village. They have locked up a home playoff game this week, as well as at least a third-place finish 
if they win as a 24-point favorite over 6-3 and three national trail. If they lose, they should drop out of the top four into fifth place. So a little bit on the line there. In order to host that second-round playoff game, they are going to need that win over national trail. Currently sitting at number five, we have Versailles. They have many points available. They are a 20-point favorite against 6-3 and three Minster this week. Mm-hmm. But they are far enough back from the top four. That's probably not enough to get the Tigers above fifth place without you know an upset to one of those top teams. And as I said, if Tri-Village loses or Williamsburg loses, Versailles would be able to move up to fourth place. If Versailles loses to Minster, they probably drop to seventh place in the standings. Still good enough to host a playoff game. I did learn a fun fact the other day about Uh-oh. Versailles. What is that? It's not about Versailles directly. It's just more about the, the naming conventions of Ohio and surrounding states. There is, in fact, a Versailles, Kentucky, and there is a same names, same spelled named town in Indiana, but it is actually pronounced Versailles in Indiana. So I knew, I knew about the Indiana town. I didn't know it was pronounced Versailles. According to someone I talked to yesterday, who is also from the same region of Ohio that we are, so eh, grain of salt, they say it's pronounced Versailles, Indiana, and they were very confused as to why we kept correcting them on Versailles. <laughs> they were right gosh darn it and you're not normally used to people being right on that pronunciation so i guess there were more frenchmen came over to america than we thought huh <laughs> they went to indiana and kentucky and ohio apparently and Rushi, ohio specifically that's true kind of strange that they spelled their town after the same as russia when they're frenchmen and the versailles people spelled their name after a french city when they're german are they? I thought they were Frenchmen too. I thought it was some, you know, I'm not confident on the German part, but I thought it was another thing of like, they weren't French, but they were naming it after the treaty or something. There is a little spot outside of Versailles known as Frenchtown, by the way. <laughs> when I was a young lad, we used to go there on Sunday afternoon sometime for the uh, fried chicken buffet. It was quite good. That's good. Chief researcher spouting a bunch of facts that have not been researched. All right. Chief this Loomer is the, the second episode of the week special. Moving on to number nine, we have National Trail. If they upset eight and one Tri Village, they are most likely to finish eighth in the standings and get to host their initial playoff game. However, as 24 point underdogs, they are more likely to finish in 12th place. Down a little farther, Twin Valley South is currently 14th. They are a 19 point favorite against two and seven Tri County North. That sounds like it has to be a rivalry game. Week 10, Twin Valley South and Tri-County North. North versus South. I know they're not far apart from each other. <laughs> but anyway, Twin Valley South should finish about 10th with a win and about 12th with a loss. And finally, we mentioned this earlier. Number 20, Anna, is a 17-point favorite against number 19, Parkway, this week. The winner of this game is almost guaranteed to finish 16th in the standings and travel to Marion Local to start the playoffs. The loser will be out of contention. I have an update on the Versailles settling. It was French people. All right. I was wrong. I will keep that sound clip and put it in whenever I need it in the future. <laughs> the I was wrong bit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, one division down, Rebecca. We're already on to Division 7. Wow. Time flies. Yes, it does. 
Again, starting at the top, Macomb is number one right now. They will definitely host two playoff games, you know, assuming they win their first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they beat 7-2 and two Liberty Benton this week, they are a five-point favorite to do so, so it's an iffy game, could go either way. If they win, they probably also end up as the number one seed in this region. A loss probably keeps them in the top three yet, but there is an outside chance they could slide as far as fifth place. At number two, Lima Central Catholic has now secured their first round home playoff game thanks to a win last week. I made a mistake on them last week. They beat three and two St. Andrews College out of Canada. That game does count in the computer points. Oh, I heard wrong about that. Was that a correction somebody gave you or did you discover it on your own? Straight from Joe Idle. His email was in my spam box or I would have caught it in time. Dang. I know. You didn't listen to his email and you sent it to spam? <laughs> I think the computer did it automatically. I don't think I did that. I will say my computer has stopped sending your emails to spam, so that's nice. Yeah, that's really good. I was feeling really bad there that all my emails were going to the spam <laughs> for. I, had, I starred them, favorited them, moved them out of the spam. Nothing helped. Just decided a couple months ago, you're okay now. Oh, boy. Well, at least it decided I'm okay now. <laughs> Back to LCC, though. They are a four-point underdog against 7-2 and two Fort Laramie this week, which is kind of interesting because last week they were a favorite against Fort Laramie, but last week's results just kind of shifted the odds a little bit and now considers them an underdog. So that sounds to me like about as much of a 50-50 toss-up game as you're going to get. I would sure say so. A win in that game gets Lima Central Catholic in the top three in the region. Well, they just might hold on to fourth place with a loss. It's going to be close. We have a game between two teams in our rankings here. Number three, Antwerp, is a 16-point favorite against number 10, Edgerton. A win gets Antwerp into the top four, probably with the number two seed. If they lose, they're probably still going to finish fourth, though that could slip the fifth again. Again, the numbers are pretty tight there in that four to five range. Edgerton, on the other hand, they need a win to host their first round playoff game. Uh, If they lose, they probably fall down to 11th in the standings. And we have another big week 10 matchup here. Number four, Waynesfield Goshen is a 27 point favorite against number 13, Harden Northern. Uh, Harden Northern at least clinched a playoff berth last week, so they don't have to worry about that anymore. Waynesfield, About a 50-50 chance of staying in the top four with a loss in this game, but they look to lock up a top four finish with a win. Harden Northern, unlikely to reach the top eight even with a win here, but they do have an outside chance. It'd be close. I don't think they'll get there, but if enough things break right, they could get a chance to host their first playoff game. Sounds like some chaos, but I would be entertained to watch it. Yeah, Potentially. We'll see. I do enjoy watching the scores come in on Friday night. I have to admit. <laughs> Plugging them into your computer, watching the numbers work. Mostly going, holy cow, that was a 30 point underdog. We were way off on that one. You know, <laughs> Our number five team is Ayersville from Defiance. Another big favorite, 38 point favorite against winless Sherwood Fairview. Oof, not a lot of points there. No. They should finish somewhere between fifth and seventh place, and it doesn't really matter if they win or they lose. Our number seven team, Arlington, 
last week secured their first round home playoff game. They finished the season against four and five Lucas, a team that's probably a lot better than that record would tell you. Lucas is one of those independent schools that travels all over the state, the state looking for games, play teams like Lima Central Catholic and Fort Laramie Arlington here, and then play some out east too. So interesting. Arlington, now a seven point underdog in this game. They have an outside chance of moving all the way up into the top four if they can pull off this upset, though. And in eighth place, we have Upper Soto Valley. They're on a five game winning streak right now. And they are favored by 31 points against four and five Ridgemont. So that would make it a six game winning streak. The Upper Saito Valley Rams are expected to just barely reach eighth place with a win. Get that win, which they're expected to get. They should hold on, be able to play their first playoff game at home next week. Just below them at number nine, we have Pandora Gilboa. And they're another big favorite, 46 points. 46 as they play two and seven Corey Rawson Corey Rawson's had a rough go but for the last decade or so yeah I don't think this game's gonna make it any better probably not Pandora Gilboa still has a chance to host the first round playoff game if they win this but I'm guessing they fall just a little short and remain at number nine in the standing at number 11 Delphus Jefferson they locked up their playoff berth last week by beating Bluffton the Jeff Cats are a 26-point favorite against 1-8 Spencerville. Boy, a lot of games this week of teams of good records playing teams of poor records, I tell you. In this game, though, uh, if Jefferson wins, they should end up about number 10 or number 11 in the final standings. And are always good to have a team right on the bubble. Ada at number 16, who saw them in the preseason, never thought they would make it into playoff contention, so they must have improved during the season. Good for Ada. It's always good to see a team get better, you know? Yeah, just for a second, that felt like a really backhanded compliment. Yeah, I know, but they did not look good. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> so, but of course, I saw them scrimmaging Minster, and Minster's turned out better than most people thought this season. So mm-hmm. might have had something to do with it. Ada stayed alive by upsetting Convoy Crestview last week, but they also need to beat 8-1 and Allen East this week to make the playoffs. And they are a 33-point underdog uh, in the game. Allen East is having a heck of a year. Yeah. Well, Ada surprised us so far. Yep, I agree. Oh, and speaking of that upset victim, Convoy Crestview is now number 17. They would have probably locked up their playoff spot if they'd have won last week. Now to get into the playoffs... They have to beat three and six Lipsick to finish out the season. They're a six-point underdog. Mm, Not insurmountable. Yeah. And finally, we have Delphi St. John's. They're still number 18, although they did beat two and seven Parkway last week. Unfortunately, the Blue Jays are going to need to beat seven and two New Bremen this week, and they are Ah. a 27-point underdog. Yep. If they get get the win. Points, though, yeah they get the win, they'll probably move up as high as number 12 in the standings. Wow. That is movement. Yes. Now there is a chance they could still finish 16th with a loss, but it's, I mean, the upsets really have to roll in for that to happen. I wouldn't count on it. That's for sure. Okay, Rebecca, we're going to Division 7, Region 28 now. Let's do it. And we're going to start with another one of those strange games here. Please, yeah. Number one seed right now, Ansonia. They are a 48-point favorite against 1-8 and Mississinawa Valley this week. 
and that should give them the number one seed in the final standings with the win there. Wouldn't surprise me if they had it with a loss too. I really do think we're seeing a lot of teams who are scheduling with harder game schedules. They're scheduling easier end games. Like I said, most of these are conference games, so they don't have any matter. Never mind. I mean, we (laughs) talked about this last time, but I just conspiracy theory it up, and I love being disproven. (laughs) Now, our next four teams in the standings, Fort Laramie, DeGraff Riverside, Mechanicsburg, and New Bremen, all won last week. And because of that, they all locked down home playoff games for the first round of the postseason. Oh, so the top top eight are pretty settled then, huh? Pretty much. That's five of them for sure. Fort Laramie, number two, a four-point favorite this week, as we mentioned earlier, over six and three Lima Central Catholic. The Redskins should finish number two with a win and number three with a loss. So it looks like two home playoff games for Fort Laramie. Not guaranteed yet, but it sure looks that way. Currently, number three is DeGraff Riverside. Believe it or not, at number three, they are a 30-point underdog. Oh, my goodness. To undefeated Milton Union, who was in Division 5, I believe. I just looked it up. Milton Union is indeed Division 5. Score a point for the associate researcher here. (laughs) He beat me to it. There's got to be a reason there's a 30-point difference. Because the computer thinks that even though DeGraff Riverside is ranked number three right now, maybe they're not the third best team in this region. In fact, if you go to Drew Pasteur's site where he ranks the teams in each region, he has DeGraff Riverside ranked sixth. Not too bad, but his computer really likes Milton Union. Well, they do have two whole divisions above DeGraff Riverside. Yes, I heard that line once years ago. He said, Milton Union is favored in this game by two divisions. And there's some truth to that. If uh, DeGraff Riverside wins this game, they will likely finish either second or third in the standings. If they lose, they're probably going to fall out of the top four down to fifth place. Part of that is because number four Mechanicsburg is a 14-point favorite when they play four and five West Jefferson this week. A win should get Mechanicsburg into the top four, those two home playoff games. Well, a loss means they will have to settle for just one home playoff game. They will be somewhere between five and eight in the final standings. Just below these two at number five is New Bremen. They are within a hair of those two teams, really close in the standings right now. They are a 27-point favorite over three and seven Delphi St. John's, and a win should get New Bremen up into fourth place. As long as, you know, Riverside doesn't pull that big upset against Milton Union, then New Bremen may be stuck at number five. In sixth place at the moment, we have Minster. Already mentioned, a 20-point underdog against Versailles this week. If they win that game against Versailles, they should remain right where they're at in sixth place. If they lose, they probably drop to seventh. So not a whole lot of movement expected out of Minster this week. At number nine, we have South Charleston Southeastern. They are ninth this week because they had a nice upset win over Cedarville last week, and we'll see just a second. That's why Cedarville is now number 11 in the rankings when they used to be ranked above Southeastern. Southeastern's a 13-point favorite over 6-3 and three Springfield Catholic Central this week, and that team has lost its last three games after a 6-0 and start, so they're kind of on a downward slide. A win gets South Charleston Southeastern up to number 8 in the standings. 
And of course, as we all know, that gets them that all important home playoff game so that the band parents can sell a lot of concessions. <laughs> we just mentioned Cedarville, currently number 11, thanks to that upset loss last week. This week, they are a 24 point favorite over winless Madison Plains, and they should finish 12th in the final standings, win or lose. At 12th, currently, we find Fort Recovery. They have a tighter game. They are only a five-point favorite against number 19, St. Henry. Not such a big game for Fort Recovery. A win, and they will likely finish 10th or 11th place and possibly have to face Minster in a rematch in the first round of the playoffs. A loss, they will drop to 12th place, more than likely. St. Henry, on the other hand, needs this win to earn a playoff spot. They get the win. They should finish 16th, and then they will travel to play Ansonia to start the playoffs. If St. Henry loses, they are out. Next up, we have number 14, Sydney Lehman. This might be the lowest-seeded team we have in the whole batch who has clinched their spot in the playoffs already. Ah. Good thing, too, they are 27-point underdogs against 6-2 and two Dayton Northridge this week. I think Lehman could move up as high as 12th if they win this, and stay in 14th if they lose. Mm. So probably not a lot of good things happening to teams down below Layman in the standings, I'm guessing. No, that doesn't sound pretty for them. Well, let's take a look here. At number 17, we have Tri-County North, guaranteed to make the playoffs if they defeat 5-4 and four Twin Valley South. Okay. Guaranteed to miss the playoffs if they lose. Oh, boy. They are a 19-point underdog, so they really have to turn it on this week if they want in the postseason. And at number 18, we have Troy Christian. I saw them practicing as we drove by on I-75 this afternoon. They are hopeful that they can reach the playoffs if they defeat 3-6 and six Tip City Bethel this week, but they're guaranteed to miss out if they lose. And Troy Christian is an 18-point underdog, so another team that really needs a good upset to have a just have a chance at the playoffs. No guarantee for Troy Christian. And Rebecca, we're going to wrap it up with our eight-man football division. Big news on the eight-man front this week. Yeah, what do we got? Sebring McKinley, a team out of the Youngstown area, struggling to finish the season this year. They made it with not that many players. They have applied for membership in the Northern Eight Conference next year to play eight-man football. Ah, we got a new one. A lot of long bus rides for Sebring McKinley if they get in. That uh, is true. And what the commissioner of the Northern Eight Conference always says, that they'll take pretty much anyone who commits to them. I would imagine they will be accepted. The hope is once they commit, maybe a few other teams in the Youngstown vicinity will consider eight-man football, and they can have their own little branch of teams in that corner of the state. That would be nice for the... I would guess if after two years teams. no one joins them, they might have they might have to decide whether to give up football altogether. Mm, yeah, that that would be the next step. Just a guess. Personally, I think they're going to get a few because there are some other teams in that area struggling to finish the season with not that many players on their squad. So, and a couple who have canceled already the end of the last game or two. So, but back to the teams already in eight man football. Toledo Christian remains number one. They beat. The other top team in the conference, the Tri-State Kings Crusaders, who are now 6-2. and two. So Tr- Toledo Christian starting to run away with the points for the regular season championship. They will be the number one seed in the Northern 8 playoffs. It looks like the other three teams will probably be the Kings Crusaders, 
four and three Holgate and five and three striker. And it looks like Lakeside Danbury at two and five and Sandusky St. Mary's at 0 and seven will play the consolation game in the first week of the playoffs. I know we've probably talked about it before, but aren't the Tri-State Crusaders not in the conference? They are in the conference. They're not in Ohio. Oh, uh, okay. So they play in the conference be. tournament. They will not be considered for the Bruce Monin's computer points, eight man football state championship. <laughs> so on a personal level, we're hoping an Ohio team wins that conference tournament and claims a crown and that we're not giving out a state championship to the conference runners. Up. Yeah, that'd be a bit awkward. Although over here in MAC country, we've seen a lot of state champions that didn't win their conference championship. That is very true. Not unheard of. Most of those eight-man teams, by the way, are playing out-of-state opponents this week. So I imagine those playoff brackets are pretty much set already. I have just not seen what they are officially. Okay, okay. We'll talk about them next week, I'm sure. And that wraps up our second podcast here, Rebecca. We did it. We did two in a week. I do not plan on doing that again this year. No. But there were some extenuating circumstances. I did spend a little bit of time in Cincinnati the last couple of days as this new grandson was born. Anyway, if you have questions or comments relating to football or, or no, we'll just keep it to football. You can send those to bdmonin at nktelco.net or submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. You can ask him other questions too, but it keep them to football, I think. If I don't restrain him, he'll share details about every aspect of our lives. I'm kind of funny that way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And with that, we'll leave you. When we come back next week, the regular season will be over. The playoffs will be set. Rebecca and I will take to previewing the first-round playoff games right here on Bruce Bonin's Computer Points.